Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of SIDCast. I'm your host, David Gibson, and with me today is Kelvin Quellies of Texas A&M Kingsville. Kelvin, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty great. It's uh, not bad for, for a Thursday. It's 65 degrees in January, so um, yeah, definitely a little different. So first off, uh, thank you everyone for subscribing, downloading, rating, reviewing on iTunes. Cause you know, and if you haven't, go ahead and do that because iTunes likes that sort of thing. And um, you know, we also have a Twitter, Facebook, and I even got an Instagram page uh, using backslash Sports Infocast because SIDcast is already taken by a guy named Sid. <laughs> so, um, Kelvin, how about this? How about we jump right into it? Sounds good. All right. Uh, you started out <clears throat> at Delaware and graduated in 2011 with a degree in sport management. How did you come to be in sports information? I, in all honesty, uh, the way that the program worked at Delaware, the first year was a sport management interest, um, and you basically had to apply to get into the major um, after your freshman year. So they gave you a couple of uh, different qualifications that you had to that were required for that major, whether it was volunteering at sporting events um, and, and things of that nature, writing an essay, uh, making sure that you volunteer your time with either marketing, promotions, sports information, in any one of those areas. Um, and really, that's the first time that I got involved with it. I, going into Delaware, I, I really didn't know anything about it. Uh, I didn't know much about you know this field. Um, and so my sophomore year at Delaware was when uh, I was formally introduced to Scott Selheimer, um, who's still at Delaware. I think he's in his 30th season there now, um, and he's the associate AD there. Uh, but he was the one that uh, introduced me to this field, and then um, a lot of his interns, Anna Cooper, who I believe is still at Ithaca, uh, Eric Johnson, Kenny Klein, uh, Kevin Tritt, and, and those guys. So um, really the first sport that I got involved with was soccer, which – Oddly enough, is a sport that we're adding here at AM Kingsville in two years. So it's it's uh it, it all worked out. It's all a full circle, I guess. Um, but that's that's really how I got involved in it. Uh, and then graduating with a sport management degree and a minor in legal studies, I really didn't know if I was going to remain in the field or try to become a sports agent. That was my initial plan. Uh, I have a twin brother who's a criminal lawyer in New York City. Um, so that was that was my initial plan. But uh, um. I went from Delaware to Louisiana Tech, so it's it's. I've been in this field since I was, I guess, full time since I was 21 years old, um, and and I've been fortunate. So, like you said, you went to Louisiana Tech right after that. What was that process like? I mean, what did you take into account? You just graduated. Was it anything different than Delaware? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I and and I was a mid season hire. Uh, the the female that I replaced, uh, she left in October. Um, so Malcolm Butler, who again is still there, he's the associate athletic director, and Patrick Walsh, who was there and is now at Mercer. Um, those two guys, it, it was probably the the quickest process I've ever been a part of. Um, I got a call. So I got a call from uh, Malcolm on Monday. Patrick, who's the associate SID on Tuesday, they offered the job Wednesday, and uh, I accepted Thursday. So that was probably the, the quickest process I've ever been a part of, and I know they needed someone immediately. Um, now, I'm not going to lie, and, and, I, and I've said this now because I still remain in contact with all of them, but moving from New York City to Ruston, Louisiana, was a bit of a culture shock for me. 
um, just being, you know, from New York, being from a big area, now going to a small city. But I wouldn't trade that experience for the world. Uh, when I got over there, I was in charge of uh, baseball, volleyball, and bowling, oddly enough, um, which that, that was that's one of the intriguing sports where they're Division One. There's really no stats for it, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to cover that sport. Um, but... Yeah, that, that's how I got over there. Um, and, and, and again, I wouldn't trade that experience for the world because I was right out of college. I mean, he took a chance on me. And, and from there, I was able to become a, a head SID at 22 years old. So, like you said, after that, you were from New York. So you jumped back to CCNY for a little bit and then landed the head job at Florida Tech for six years. Um, was was What was it like being transitioning from a large university as an assistant to kind of like a small college, I guess, Florida Tech, I don't really know the size, um, as a head guy. Yeah, and, and see, so um, one of the things with, uh, with City College was Louisiana Tech was an internship. Um, so he, Malcolm Butler, was, was allowing us to look for full-time positions um, because it was an internship and because he understood the importance of full-time internships, which, again, I mean, I appreciate that from him because – a lot of people would say, oh, you're looking for another job. Well, you don't want to be here. Um, and so he, he assisted me throughout that process. So I went to City College for a year, uh, and I was the assistant AD for the Sports Information Director of Governance for Division Two for the NCAA. Um, I was under him, but I really went over there because it was their first season of football. Uh, they needed someone that, that understood what went into the football season, um, you know, stats, game notes, and things like that. Over there, I was in charge of nine sports. They also added men's lacrosse. So being that I covered lacrosse before I was able to go in and, and cover that sport and, and not have to go through that learning process of learning the stats for a sport, that's that's pretty difficult to understand. Um, so going from there, from Florida Tech, and, and again, the same experience, I think I was ready to become a head again. Um, and so moving back up to Division Two, I was able to, to apply for head uh, Division Two jobs. And people you always hear people say don't burn your bridges oddly enough my former assistant here who's now at texas state is the one that initially uh, my assistant actually was the one that told me about uh texas state and kingsville um <clears throat> and being from a big city again i'm not gonna lie i didn't know where kingsville texas was i thought corpus christi was the further south uh that any city in kingsville went but uh, uh i actually came for a visit <clears throat> here and Again, um, I guess it was the right place at the right time. They offered me the job when I was interviewing here. I met with the athletic director. I met with the associate athletic director. Um, and they, they offered me a job while I was visiting. When a month later, I moved here. And, and it, I've been here for two and a half, almost three years now. Um, you know, We've been able to, to make a lot of changes here. But, again, at that point, I was 24 years old. So, I mean, we're, we're always told in this field not to burn your bridges, and, and I guess that's the prime example in, in a sense that I've been able to, uh, since I was, I guess, 21, being in this field for five full-time, six full-time years now, um, being ahead two different times and working for every division, uh, being able to work for every division, it, it's kind of helped me out in this field. It, it's, it's definitely made me a better athletic communications professional, um, and then just molded me into Everything else that we do now, uh, you know, when I first started, graphics weren't a big thing. Social media just just became a big thing. So it was it, it's one of those things where I've been able to adapt with this field. What's been your favorite memory so far at Kingsville? Uh, Kingsville for sure was um, 
I want to say when Daryl Green came here, uh, just just being that there's three NFL Hall of Famers um, that that went to school there, uh, and so Daryl Green came back and, and spoke, and, and just the atmosphere coming by, you know, rallying through that, and, and just being jam packed for a press conference. But uh, another person that a lot of people know, especially in this field, is Fred Noosh. Uh, Fred Noosh was an SID for a million years. He's probably 120 years old right now, but uh, he uh, he's still he's still around, and he's he's actually a part time employee in the office. But he puts out magazines once a week, uh, helps me out whenever we need help, um, and then so having somebody like that 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 knows the history of this place, you know, it, it definitely helps me with our job, especially you know with. With everything else that we've added, whether it was streaming, broadcasting, and, and, and those things, he's the one that, you know, you're missing a record from 1976, and, and he can regurgitate it to you with no questions asked. That's pretty cool. So uh, in addition to all your SID duties, you're also a beat writer for Rant Sports covering the New York Yankees. How do you juggle all those responsibilities? Now it's easier uh, because um, I actually completed my master's in December. So, so now I have a little bit more time. Um, really, it was just uh, you know being effective with what you were doing. Um, it's something that you know I'm, I was going to watch the games anyway. Uh, so instead of just watching the game as a fan, now you're you're also writing something about the game. So so it, it's just juggling it, but it it wasn't as difficult as it seems. Um, this season is going to be a little bit more difficult. So I don't know if we have the the time crunch for it, only because. Of, you know, the the new laws, the new FLSA laws. So I'm I'm trying to figure out how we're gonna what we're gonna do with uh, with uh, my full time assistant and and with the student staff that we have, whether or not I'm gonna be able to travel them or not. All right. Uh, what is SIDA chat and how does it work? Well, what we did was Don Veith. Uh, I actually met him when I came to this conference. He was at Cameron, uh, and he approached me. And, and this was his idea, so hats off to him, and, and I give him full credit for it. But uh, so Don Reed actually approached me about um, beginning a or creating rather a athletic communication skills chat on Twitter. Uh, you have a lot of good ones with SCA chat, YP Sports chat, but there's there's not much for just athletic communications. Those are more for external relations, and there's nothing wrong with those things. But, uh, you know, they're not going to go into as much detail in our field as, as I believe that, that we're trying to. Um, so, so Don and I have hosted it for a couple of months now um, on Mondays between uh, 8 and 9 p.m. Central Time. Um, and so, you know, we, we try to ask questions, whether it's you know, switching your, your, style, your journalism style or your, your recap style to bullet point, whether it's graphics, templates. Um, you know, we touch on things like the FLSA law, and, and really we're, what we're trying to do is is enhance the skills in our field, but also assist people whenever we need to. Um, but Don and I, again, we were in the same conference before he uh, he left for another job, but uh, we're both part of the mentorship program. He actually mentors uh, my assistant at Texas A&M Kingsville, and I'm mentoring the uh, Southern uh, Mississippi SID, David Cohen. So. Um, again, that, that's really another way for us to assist in this process. Um, I'm 27 now, but I feel like I've been doing this since, again, like I said, since I was 21 years old. So for me, being through some of those changes, um, seeing the newer, the newer, I guess, millennials come in, and, you know, they understand the social media aspect, they understand the graphics aspect. But if you're in an older fan base, 
do you understand the journalism aspect? Do you understand the, uh, you know, if you're a one-man shop, don't spend two hours on a graphic that may get 20 likes. Um, you know, you, you want to make sure that you're assisting people because every, everybody's situation is different. So where, where do you see this going in the future? Uh, for sure, we want to continue to, to grow it. Um, again, it's an hour long. There's been there's been some weeks that uh, it's been difficult. Um, you know, we, we chose Monday because it doesn't interfere with any other weekly chat that's going on. But you're going against Monday Night Football. You're going against college football. You're going against, you know, some holidays, whether it's Memorial Day or, or what have you. You know, so, so you're going through, um, uh, you're competing with a lot of those days. So hopefully we can continue to grow it. Um, and, and, and continue to make this thing uh, improve over time. Uh, ultimately, we want to get you know people like you involved. Uh, I know in two weeks we're going to have our broadcaster Kevin Peel, who's in his first season here. We're going to have him involved. Um, you know, just just trying to get people involved. Hopefully, we can get an athletic director to to host at some point. You know, we we want to give different viewpoints and not just necessarily ours. Because at the end of the day, how many more questions can I ask before people get tired of hearing from me? Right. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Aside from like scheduling it, what what have been some of the biggest problems? Is, is scheduling guests an issue, or anything else? Really, the scheduling guests hasn't been an issue uh, because whenever we reach out, uh, again, this this is a small tight knit, somewhat familiar to a, to a fraternity. You know, yeah. um, somebody will always volunteer to host. Um, but really, it's it's been just uh, getting more exposure on on our end. Um, you know, not everyone uses Twitter, uh, but for, for the both of us, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to do Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram when it's, uh, you know, when we're trying, we're trying to master one first before trying to branch out. Right. You know, we want to make sure that we do it right on Twitter before we say, let's add it on Facebook, let's add it on Instagram. And we want to make sure that we're responding to people. The last thing we want to do is, you know, have it on Twitter and everyone's sending us what they think. And that's all that we're doing. We're posting four questions, and that's it. You know, we want it to be somewhat of a an interaction between whoever's the host and whoever you know it, it's uh, it is communicating with us. Um, you know, we use that hashtag. We use side of chat as a hashtag, and we do have our own uh, Twitter account. And so that's that's usually what we try to use. But you know, we we don't mind people using their personal account as long as you know we want to make sure that we interact with them. We we definitely don't know everything. I don't know if, uh, if if you saw this past Monday. I mean, we were getting into it about uh, different differences in this field, and and not getting into it in a disrespectful way. But that's that's what you need to do. I mean, people don't like to argue at times, but that that's just healthy. Right. Sometimes you have to have those conflicting ideas in order for everybody else. I did see it. So absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> like you said, you use a hashtag um, mm-hmm. to kind of get involved in the chat. But for those that don't know, maybe they maybe they do see it but they don't understand the format of what's going on. I mean, how would you describe how to respond to that, how to participate in that? The format for, for us is, uh, it's, I guess it's pretty similar to, to every other chat that's out. Uh, you introduce yourself in the beginning, right before the chat starts. You, know, you put your name, current position, alma mater, and then we ask one question, whether it's this past uh, week we asked what you thought the final score was going to be. You know, you see uh, some people asking what your favorite task as an intern was, um, and and those are great ta- great questions because you know you're you're getting different you're getting different people uh, to to put on there. I know like YP Sports Chat had an SID that's now an AD uh, that put his favorite task was uh, running, 
And you know, something as 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 minimal as that is is a key aspect for broadcasters that do games. Obviously, you do games on the radio as well. You know, without stats, you really wouldn't know what to what to talk about. So, right. Um, but so we ask four to five questions, um, and we try to follow up to as many people as we can. Uh, and that's why it's important to use that hashtag because usually I'm not looking at how many times the account itself was mentioned. I'm looking at the hashtag, the flow of that hashtag. So I can respond to everyone that's using that, and no matter what you say, if you, if you disagree or you agree, we try to we try to um, to respond to everyone. If you disagree, we uh, we don't necessarily dislike that, but we ask you, you know, what would you do different? Um, and again, it's it's healthy to have that type of communication between people. Now, that was the whole purpose of it is to is to enhance this field because uh, you know so many times we just see what other schools are doing. Uh, and, and we want to copy it, but we don't really understand how necessarily to do it. You know, there's there's the times where people send you a Photoshop template if you're not very good with graphics, and you can actually use that as your starting point. Um, you know, and, and that's that's what we've been looking at. You know, if if your writing is something that's that you continuously want to improve on, you have people on there that've been doing it for twenty to thirty years. Right. Who's better to help you out than them? Um, you know, and, and so that's, that was the whole point of it. And then it's also great to have, uh, you know, a school like Clemson where they have more SIDs than we do. Um, so it's it's interesting to see what they do as opposed to what we do and, uh, you know, what their tasks are. Because, I mean, we have 15 sports here, about to have 16, and I handle eight of them, uh, including football, which, which is probably, you know, one of the most time-consuming sports. But, uh, you know, the, we, we try not to make excuses, and that, that was the whole purpose of it was – Don and I wanted to, to enhance this field and ensure that people can can count on each other to continuously improve the athletic communications profession. So moving away from SIDA chat, uh, you serve as a publication coordinator for the FBS Media Guides, which for those that don't know, FBS, top tier football, basically. Uh, how did you get that position and what do those duties entail? And see, I did a... This is the first year that I'm not going to do it. I did oh. the last two years. Um, but that, that's my fault because I, I updated my bio right before August. So that's on me. Oh, um, no problem. So <laughs> that's on me. What what Go what ahead. was it then? Uh, so initially I approached Barb from Cosada um, and, and Lori and asked them, uh, how can I get more involved with publications committees or any committee for that matter? And... Uh, they let me know that someone was looking for for someone in, in the publications committee. Now, I didn't know exactly what that would entail if I was going to do, you know, Division One baseball guides or what have you. Um, and so when uh, we got the Tyler Cundiff actually sent the uh, duties and I saw that I was going to have to grade the FBS media guides, which to his point, he, it made sense because I'm, I'm not at a Division One school. So really, I'm not tied down to any one of those schools uh you know we look at it and you have to have a committee with you so i have to have two other people with me and we're grading everything from your cover to the content um the page design and everything like that so you can win when you break it down between one through 15 uh you have the top three finishers are the ones that get listed and then you also have the best cover um so it it was a lot of work but it, it was rewarding, and, and I'm not going to lie, for our media guy, I, I stole some of those ideas. 
you know, just just being able to see some of those things, you know, you're just like, oh, I like what they did here. And, and I'll give this school a shout out because uh, Stanford's uh, was the one that we kind of mocked our media guys for last year. Uh, just just looking at what they were able to do. And we were just like, we love this design. We love the content. We love the flow. Let's just copy this. <laughs> so uh, other than Stanford, what were some of your favorites? Well, West Virginia had the best cover that year. Um, Arizona State had the best overall uh, media guy that season. Um, their content from top to bottom, it, it was just it, everything flew. Um, and, and they were, in my opinion, they were one of the schools that was ahead of the game with the infographic pages and with graphics. Um, you know, you flip to football, to, to their football rosters, and some of the players had graphics on there with their career highs and things like that. And I just thought that was interesting because, again, at that point, you heard about infographics, but not many people were using them. Um, and so now you look at it and probably 75% of our field is creating infographics right after a game. Um, so so it, to me, that we're ahead of the curve on that. What exactly is the COSIDE a new media committee for? That's more along the lines of what we've been speaking about. So okay. graphics, um, you know, switching up the way that we've been doing the traditional media. So, um, you know, you have graphics, you have um, – now you have video content that you can put out. Um, you know, you have the Instagram stories that you can use. So it's, it's a lot of the newer media that, that's been out. And Katie from the SCAC uh, conference, she's, she's in charge of it. She's the chairperson now. And, and, you know, she's been doing a great job with that. You know, she sends out templates nonstop. They talk about the importance of, of having everything ready before the season starts so that you're not spending two, three hours, especially for a small shop like we have. Um, you know, trying to design a post-game graphic. Uh, and, and, and to, I guess, to make it full, come full circle, something that we spoke about earlier, you know, it, it's hard when you have a one- or two-person operation to then, right after a game, when you have a story to write, when you have to update stats, when you have notes and everything like that, to now spend two hours trying to work on a graphic. You know, so the importance of having those templates in place, you know, that kills a lot of time. And to a point where, for us, we have so many student workers. If we have a template in place, I can now teach them how to just change the photo, change the score, and that goes out immediately. Did you, I don't know how to say this, your graphics, um, how, how do you do it, basically? I, I'm, I know how to do it, I'm not saying, but um, for those that don't know, I mean, when I... Later in this conversation, I'm going to have a question like, what's one, what's one thing you want to learn more about? And, and one thing I always get is graphics. People don't know how to do it. So for those that want to learn how to do it, what would be the best avenue to get there? I would say the best avenue is contact Kevin Young. <laughs> that's, that's, my, uh, that's, that's my best, uh, best advice. Um, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Young used to be uh, my, my assistant's boss at A&M Commerce. He's not Austin P. Um, but uh, he's one of, if you talk to most SIDs, he's one of the best with graphics. Um, and really what we do is uh, here we look at what professional teams or other colleges are doing. Um, we we kind of use those as boiler points for us. We're not going to copy every single thing that every school does or every professional team does. But we look at some of those things and we're like, we like this from this school. We like this from this team. Let's make this. Um, and so we start working on Photoshop or on Illustrator. We start working on some of those graphics. Uh, Keontae Herrera, who's the assistant here, who's been here for a little less than a year now, 
he works a lot more on graphics for his sports. And, and really, he does a lot of our graphics when, when I have to deal with administrative items. But uh, you know, a lot of it is just trial by error. Um, I remember, and, and you had him on your show, and Lamar and I have been friends since our days in New York when he was at ASA and I was at City College. Um, you know, he, he started that Facebook page, the, the College Sports Graphics page. And that's something that helps in this field because you, you post something on there, people tell you, change this. Or I have something, what's your email address, use this. You know, it, you have that help. And so I'm not, I'm not advancing it by any means. Um, I, I like to think my things are, are pretty basic. Um, but I've been able to improve because I just don't be afraid to ask for help. You know? So where do you see new media going? In the future, I mean, what should people start looking for? Or what should they get prepared for? I, I guess it, it depends on your fan base. Um, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to cop out of the question, but uh, for us, it's, it's somewhere in the middle. Um, our fan base is older, um, so we focus heavily on not just graphics, but on pregame stories, on recaps, on, on video. So we try to focus on a little bit of everything. Now, we're not perfect at it. Um, but we also have the luxury of having someone like Fred who has a weekly magazine. Um, but I think new media, if you're in New York city or if you're in a bigger city, it's going to, it's going to hit you a lot quicker than it will for me in, in Kingsville, Texas, because you're competing with professional teams. Um, what's your message? And you have to get to the point of it. And if, a, if a graphic does it great, um, if your stories do it great, but you have to master one or two things, and go from there. I know, I know a lot of times, and, and we, we do this here too, where we kind of dig ourselves a grave a little bit, where we're trying to post on Instagram and then on Snapchat and then on Twitter. And it's just, let's master one. Let's focus on one, get the followers up and increase and, and let them know that, you know, the content will be coming on this because the last thing we want to do is post on one and then try to post on Snapchat one day and then forget to do it the next game. And now fans are like, well, where is it? You know, we, we want to be credible. We want to make sure that we're doing it the right way. So I think that's where new media is going. Um, you know, the, the templates are, are always going to be an issue, I think, for some people, because it depends on when you do it. Um, you know, you work on it over the summer, you're going to have more time to switch it up if you want to, rather than doing it right after a game. But I think new media-wise, I mean, do you look at it now? Video and graphics are, are probably the top two things that are mentioned in our field right now, uh, you know, when you post a story with video highlights or with a, at least a photo gallery, it's going to get more views regardless of what the score was. Cause when those are draw, you know, people want to see themselves. That's, that's part of our job. So this is kind of a unique problem. You kind of brought it up. I just thought of the question, how do you get publicity out? Cause you know, you want everybody to hear about your student athletes. Um, how do you get it out when you're facing against a professional team? For example, I've been paying a lot of attention to college basketball lately because college football is over. But uh, yeah. UT Arlington in Texas uh, seriously might win the Sun Belt Conference, and they got to go up against the Dallas Cowboys for publicity. I mean, how do you kind of you know wheedle through that? See, and, and we could talk about this, I guess, a little further later on. But this is the first year that we control our stream. Um, I've been here again for two and a half years and we finally were able to get cameras and, and we have, we have a great group of student workers that work on highlights, video highlights. 
that's what a lot of schools need to do now. And a lot of schools have that capability. Um, you know, you want the coverage. There's no excuse now that uh, a beat writer won't come to your place. Um, you know, you're streaming your games. You can cut a quick highlight and send that out to somebody. If you have photos, you can send that out to somebody. So in this field, we, we're now able to send out our information. Um, there's, there's really no reason for us not to be able to now. Um, you know, one of the reasons why Rustin is so dear to me is because I met my fiance there. Um, but she, she's a evening producer for a news station in Corpus Christi. Um, and so she covers a lot of the games for us whenever she can, but they're not coming out there, um, you know, as much as they can because they only have two full-time sports guys. So we, we'll put it on Dropbox, and that's how they'll have it on their on their 6 p.m. and their 10 p.m. telecasts. Uh, you know, a lot of times it's easier to just blame somebody else. Uh, you know, you have to go above and beyond at times, but for for this field, you know, a lot of people are in the same boat where they just don't have the capability of going to four or five different places at the same time. So how do you get your message across? Um, you know, for, for us here, Aside from, from football, we have to be creative with the way that we promote and market the, the sports because we're the only uh, D2 school in this area that has football. So for us, we know they're going to come on Saturday nights. We play at 7 p.m. on Saturday nights. So we, we know they're going to cover that. But how do we get the other sports covered? And then that's that's the create where the creative part comes in, and that's where we you know we have video highlights. Or on, on our stream, uh, one of the reasons why we decided to do – to do our stream with the company that we decided on was because as soon as you stop it, anyone can download that recording and they can cut highlights from there. And we've seen them do that before too. If we don't have somebody cutting video highlights, they'll cut it from there. But you're saving them the drive of going to your place, then driving back to their station and having to cut the video and all that other stuff. So you just have to be creative in how you do it. Um, and I just think that's a, that's a mindset that a lot of people in this industry have. All right, moving away from that then. Uh, what's been your favorite memory in your professional tenure so far? A good memory. Professionally, I want to say uh, my very first year um, losing in Tech, two players were drafted um, in the MLB draft. And, and just being a part of that, um, that was, again, my first year. Uh, that was that, that was very, very interesting on, on my part. And I felt like a lot of that work, um, you know, was – was appreciated. Um, you know, I, I still speak to some of those guys that were on that team. And it, and again, it's a small world here. Uh, the head baseball coach at Louisiana Tech, his son was the first base coach for our baseball team here last year. Uh, so we were just talking about it, reminiscing on those times when he came by last season. And so, you know, it, it's those relationships that you build with those people. That, that's definitely, it's hard to choose one, but I would say that's, that's the one that sticks out immediately because of, because of that, but uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I think I've had great experiences everywhere. So how about your horror story so far? I would say for sure my, my horror story was, uh, I'll, I'll go back to Louisiana Tech because, again, I was a midseason hire. Um, the very first sport that I started was volleyball at Louisiana Tech, and uh, I just froze. Um, and so that's the one thing that you're not supposed to do. Right. Uh, my friends. And at that point, I believe we were hosting Hawaii, uh, who was number two in the country, I believe at that point. So it was, 
it was a hard story for me. But um, the very next day, I was able to get some training in, and, and I was good to go from there. And, and oddly enough, I've been able to teach a lot of SIDs how to stat now, and I feel like that's one of my strong points. So, How about when you see other SIDs in your conference, division, country, and you look at them and you say, that is a good SID. I mean, what, what are some characteristics that they have that make you say that? Obviously, in this field, communication, for sure. Um, and then just being able to stay composed. Um, a lot of times it's easy to just feel like you're swimming with, with uh, you know, floaties on, so to speak. Um, it's it's hard to, to do this job when you're putting everything on just your shoulders. Um, a lot of times, a lot of the, the great SIDs in this field, and, and I can name a couple, but Ira Thor has been one of my mentors in this field. Um, you know, he's, he's able to juggle a lot of things. Uh, you know, you spoke about me being a, a beat writer for the Yankees, but he's a guy that's in a, in a small shop in New Jersey and then also calls Giants games for the press box on Sundays. Um, he's a PA guy for the press box on Sundays. So, and, and I know he coaches his daughter's soccer team. So, you know, um, you talk about time management, that, that in itself kind of, kind of shows that there, there's time for a lot of things in this field. You just have to effectively manage your time. Um, but I would say you know, a lot of that is, is just trial and error. I feel like I've gotten better throughout the years. Um, I'm sure at City College, I was 22 as, as I had SID. I'm sure some of my student workers were just like, who, who does this guy think he is? Or what is he saying? Um, you know, I feel like over time you get better with this, with this industry. And, and I guess the, the most important aspect of our job is you're not promoting yourself. Um, and a lot of times it, it's, it gets frustrating to some people, but I think the best SIDs in this field know that you just work hard and good things will, will come to you. You don't have to consistently promote yourself and say, look at what I've done because it's a team effort. One thing you're interested in to learn more about to better yourself in this profession? Without a doubt, I will See, I want to say graphics just because everybody else has, but because uh, <laughs> I, I know that's something I can improve on. But I would say video editing. Right. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to again my fiance that's that's her background, um, so I kind of have a um, someone that can teach me there or, or help me improve in those in, in that field. But I would say video editing because again, that's I think that's one of the things that you look two three years down the line. Every single school is going to have a full time video person, in my opinion. Right. That that's what something that uh. It's really interesting to see about the future because Larry Scott, the Pac-12 uh, commissioner, said that one day he would like restrictively keep just Pac-12 games on the Pac-12 network. You know, like every single conference and every single school is going to have their own network that you no need for cable. Basically, yeah. is what was what he was trying to get at. Um, one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession. If you're doing it for recognition or money, this isn't the field for you. Um, that's I've, I've said that to many people. Uh, I've said that to many student athletes that, that want to be in this field. And, and, and I say that because, it, and it's not to deter anyone from, from being in this field, but you're not, not going to be the LSU SID overnight. You're not, you're not going to go to a big right. Division One school and, and oversee a staff of five or six overnight. You have to put in the work, and that, and that starts from being an intern or, or being a graduate assistant and working your way up from there. Now, you know, there's exceptions to every rule, but, um, you know, if, if you want to be in this field, those, those are the two things that I think that 
people people have to know. And then I guess another thing is ego. Um, you have to make sure to keep your ego in check. And, and some of the things you want to defend yourself in, but there's bigger fish to fry. You don't want to fight every single battle. Um, you have to you have to pick and choose yours. And and uh, you know well, some of the things that Kosada has done this year alone has proven that you know they they're taking some of the stuff that we're saying to heart. Where it's you know we have a weekly appreciation week for or well, had for the first time. Um, you know, and, and, and those type of things, again, it's not about recognition, but they see that a lot of people, you know, they, they may oversee this field. So let's just give them a week and, and appreciate them, you know. Um, and, and so I think that that's part of it is, you know, you, you want to make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. And, and if you're doing it for your ego, um, you know, or for whatever reason, then it, it may not be for you. What's your work-life balance? I mean, what do you do to have fun? Uh, well, currently, see, currently, right now, uh, um, we're speaking while I'm in a hotel room in Odessa. We have uh, basketball games here, and then we go to West Texas to Canyon on Saturday. Um, so it's it's minimal right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, again, I, I live with my fiance, and, and we have two dogs. Um, so for me, it, it's a little bit easier. A lot of the times, you, you know, you just go out with coaches or with some friends. Um, I just came off break, so I went back to New York City for two weeks, and I was able to see my family and see some friends. So, um, you know, really, I just like to just be, uh, I guess, a normal 27-year-old. You know, you like to go out, have fun, grab a beer here and there, um, watch some games. Ultimately, you know, you got to be able to, to leave the office every now and then and turn your phone off. Next time someone's in Kingsville or that South Texas area, what's your restaurant or bar recommendation? Man, that's that's tough. I've gained about thirty pounds since moving here. It's uh, it's it's, it's tough. Uh, it see, it, it depends if uh, if you want a good a good place with happy hour drinks, and we can speak off air. Uh, but uh, if it's if it's uh, for food, there's there's a lot of good places around there. A lot of people like Big House Burgers in Kingsville, um, and a lot of people like Marlon's. Those two places are probably the two most popular as far as uh, sit down, eat, and then also. Um, you know, they, they have the games on and things like that. So th- those are probably the most popular. Um, there's, there's a place called Young's Pizza, which, uh, it's a small place, but, uh, a lot of people love it. You're actually able to write on the walls there. Um, so you see signature from people that went to school there in the sixties, Yeah, which, uh, I think is, is, is somewhat interesting, but, um, yeah, I mean, Kingsville's a older town. So a lot of the places have been there for quite some time. If someone wanted to get in touch with you to, you know, ask questions, have any comments or anything like that would be the best way to do it. Uh, for sure, either my cell number or uh, through social media. Uh, my social media account for uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat is I am Kelvin Q. So I A M K E L V I N Q. And Facebook is Kelvin Quellies. Um, you know, and most of the people have my cell number, but I don't mind giving it to them or, or even via email. I, I think I've I've been able to to make some great connections in this field over, over my few years in it. And, and I just, I don't mind helping anybody out. Uh, I just think you know, I was fortunate enough to have people like Malcolm Scott and, and those guys take chances on me when I was younger. So I don't mind doing that. Calvin, that was it, man. We had a lot of uh, technical difficulties. Uh, I had to go get my 25 foot land cable just to keep Skype going, but that's what you get when, uh, you know, hotel Wi-Fi mixed with basically another hotel Wi-Fi. So, hey, I appreciate it, man. Thank you, and thank you for everything you're doing. Hey, no problem. It wasn't too bad, was it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I'm I'm gonna go uh, 
breathe a sigh of relief here in a second, but uh, it, it wasn't too bad. All right, that's all. That's all we have for today, everybody. Again, I apologize. There's going to be a, a couple cut, jump editing here because of our uh, Wi-Fi internet connection. So I do sincerely apologize for that. Um, I, I really do feel bad about it, and I promise it will not happen again in the future. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to Episode 10 of SIDcast. Um, you can always follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, Instagram, backslash sports info cast that's sports info cast and uh, also email is uh, sports info cast at gmail.com uh, if you tell me you like it if you hate it I don't care I'd like to hear from you um, so with that being said uh, thank you all and I'll see you all in the next episode